Welcome to the Conscious Living Show with your host, Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce, and her husband, Dr. Mark Pierce. The health of your sex life reflects the health of other aspects of your life. While this may not be the only factor, it certainly contributes to the degree you'll enjoy a well-rounded, healthy, happy, sexy life. Now, here is Dr. Nancy and Dr. Mark. Well, welcome to the Conscious Living Sexuality Show. Good morning, babe. Morning, dear. How you doing? I'm doing great. Are you conscious and sexual? Absolutely. Always, huh? <laughs> yeah. We do like to to walk our walk our talk, and and also we like to you know we share some of the challenges that we've faced over the years as we move through these shows, and and kind of the solutions that we've come up with, plus what I've learned becoming a sex doctor. You know, kind of add all that in. That took a little bit of time. That took a little bit of time. Yeah. So today we're talking about exploring sexual boundaries and what that looks like, uh, why we do it, why we have them. We've got all kinds of tools and things, fun things to do to help you uh, step into that world of exploring your own sexual boundaries. Or at least understanding whether or not you're ready to undertake that journey. Yes. Well, when and when I say exploring your sexual boundaries, I'm not necessarily saying that you have to change them or that there's anything wrong with them. But I think oftentimes we don't even know, we're not even aware of the boundaries that we've we've set for ourselves. So it's going to be more consciousness of your boundaries. Exactly. And that fits in directly with the consent process as well. Right. Right. Got to know what to consent to, what your boundaries are and what your limits are. Yeah. And and that that was an interesting description that you um, looked up earlier about the difference between boundaries and limits. They they sound a lot alike. I I think it's semantics. So, uh, uh, but uh, why why do you suppose we have sexual boundaries or sexual limits? Where where are these coming from, dear? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with how we're raised. Um, boundaries, you know, when you're raising small children, for those of you who, who are raising kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But when you're raising kids, you have to set boundaries for them because they're, they don't have the ability to set their own boundaries. And that's a safety issue, right? You want to protect your kids. So we establish boundaries for them. And oftentimes we pass along the boundaries that were set for us without even thinking about it. And I think that that's been fairly easy to research because you can see how much the social uh, aspect of boundaries is present because from country to country, there are definitely different boundaries or limits. For sure. I mean, just some of the the dating ritual boundaries that when you look from culture to culture, I was learning about one culture where they, the the, the, the tribes, they, they really... Um, in, they inspire their young, very young teens to be sexual and to explore their sexuality. So they have no boundary on, they, they, they can go play, they go spend the night with, with people they're attracted to, they want them to have lots of partners, but their boundary is you can't share a meal until you're married. So they're not allowed to sit at the same table and share a meal, that's the boundary for them. So we have to remember that all of these boundaries when, when you start to see the variations in these cultural beliefs as though they were real and true, you understand that they're all just made up. They're just totally fantasy made up and boundaries set and people believe them without even rethinking them or, or examining them. Well, they're cultural, but they may have some purpose. 
Right. Well, I wonder what the purpose of not having a meal, sharing a meal would be. Uh, you know, I guess they feel that that's intimate and that that's, they have to have some symbolic sign that, uh, that they're now a couple. So, so the, but again, these things are all made up constructs for us to try to maneuver our world and understand our world and have some sense of control over our world. And, but yet they are all still made up. So we have to remember that with boundaries and as well as rules and beliefs. They're all just made up. Well, I think, you know, again, each culture is going to have a little different approach. And you started off by saying that children need boundaries. So that's that's certainly our belief that, uh, that they are learning and they need to have some artificial boundaries when they're moving up through sexuality so that they don't outpace themselves. So it's age appropriate. And boundaries can can be anything that's not sexual, too. It could be, um, uh, you know, physical boundaries or emotional boundaries. So we're going to talk a little bit about all of those boundaries and how those may or may not influence your sexual boundaries. I think I think what we have to realize is, is that and I think where you're you're going is that that there's shame and there's boundaries and it's OK for children to have boundaries, but. They shouldn't be shamed into the boundaries. They just need to be boundaries. And that, that they'll understand it at a later date and time. It'll make sense when hormones are moving and things are happening. And I think that's true for us throughout our lifetime. There's boundaries and then there's shame. And I think the boundaries um, are mostly uh, based in fear. Right, right. Well, that's, that's again, what the, the big part of the movement is to be aware of the boundaries and not necessarily have to have any fear about them. And then that leads to not needing to be judgmental of others who don't have the same boundaries as you have. Yeah. And what, and, and I was just thinking about it, what one might consider a boundary, another might consider just a preference. You know, I mean, if, if I, if I don't, if I don't like to be kissed on the mouth by strangers, that's just my preference. And, but yet that's a physical boundary that I need to be able to establish. So, so when we, when we start to discuss our boundaries, we start, first of all, we have to identify what they are ourselves because they're really for us. And then we have to be able to communicate them in a way that lets other people know, especially if other people are are in influencing or trying to move beyond our boundaries and we're not comfortable. I think that, you know, you have boundaries and then they, they are with good intentions and especially with children growing up, but you have to make sure that they don't obstruct or restrict the learning that all of us need to do. So sometimes the boundaries have to give way so that learning can continue. Okay. Yeah. So when when is it a good time to challenge them? Should we ever challenge our boundaries or should we just accept them blindly and move through life with, well, with think, the boundaries? I think you're challenging them from day one because <laughs> the unknown is, is a boundary in and of itself. Uh, without any familiarity to sexual behavior or time, you're trying to learn. So you're going to, do you need it? Why do you need it? All those questions come up. So you're starting to question those boundaries right away. And we know that with 
with toddlers, there if we set a physical boundary for them, we we create a barrier, we put them in a little you know a, a gated area. They they're okay for a little while, and then they want to push that boundary. They want to they want that boundary to expand. And and if you don't allow them out of that gated area, you'll stunt their growth. True. Oh, good point. Good point. That was what I was trying to point out. So yeah. boundaries have to give way for growth. Um, and uh, and this show is about pushing your sexual boundaries. Pushing your sexual boundaries. So what I'd like to do is to um, let's let's talk a little bit about um, we we know why we need them, but they're they're part of our learning. You know, they're I mean boundaries aren't. I don't want boundary the word boundary to have a negative connotation. Our comfort zone. Comfort zone. Um, safety. Limit. Limits. Limits. Um, uh, own personal space, guidelines, that kind of thing. But, I, you know, there is something valuable about something that is discreet as boundary because in this day of consent, especially the less you know a person, the more consent is essential, um, the boundaries have to be a firm no. I, I like that. Yeah. So and, until, the, until the person tells you otherwise. Right, right, right. So when I was teaching high school, I talked a lot about boundaries and and how people um, express their boundaries. And oftentimes we don't we don't share our boundaries um, firmly. We might be a little giggly about it, or uncomfortable sharing it, or nervous about the response we might get sharing it. And so it may come across as unsure or or not 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 grounded in that boundary. And so I, I did this uh, exercise and the, the girl that was saying no to me did it with a giggle. And so I asked for the class's interpretation and they said that she wasn't sure. Ask again. Maybe you can change her mind. You know, she's on the fence. I mean, they, they interpreted her. She, although she used the word no, she said it very shyly and that was um, that was difficult for her to to tell me no. The other side of boundaries is that uh, when you're trying to explore them with somebody and you need to know their boundary, there's an inhibition about asking because sometimes that implies that you're that that's your interest. Ah. Oh. And and then there's embarrassment if if the other person if it is a boundary and. And I think, you know, the oasis that you've created is a perfect way to express where you're at at this point in time without necessarily um, creating a situation where there can be embarrassment or curiosity becomes embarrassment if it's revealed and not accepted. Oh, and, and to remind our listeners what the Oasis is, you know, it is a space where you create this really contain, safe containment, like a little island, where it's just the two of you, where you can safely and freely express who you are, what you desire, your boundaries, your hopes, dreams, all of that, without the other person needing to respond, except for thank you for sharing that with me. And, and I think that knowing that you're going to do the Oasis on a regular basis allows you not to have to ask that awkward question. Hey, do you still have a boundary with this or do you still have a boundary with that? Or is this boundary still a firm? No, you don't have to ask that. The person will be more likely to reveal where they're at in a comfortable setting. 
and stay stay with us for the show because in the last segment, um, I do have a really cool little tactic that you can use as a couple to uh, to explore your boundaries in that oasis zone um, that is a little bit more organized and also really fun and sexy. So, nice. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do some fun things. Okay. When we come back, uh, let's talk a little bit about what it looks like to challenge your boundaries and and how how we might um, how we might start that process. Well, I think it, it that's a great place to start because it's internal first and then it's revealed to your partner as the second step. Right. So we're going to talk about how how and when that happens and and you're you're all probably thinking about the times in your life when you challenged your boundaries the most. You know, this is a good time to give a shout out to Sibian. Yeah. Because that company does have uh, a device that allows you to challenge your boundaries. Excellent. All right. Well, we will talk about that a little bit more in, in this, these next two segments. So s- stay tuned. Come back with us. We're going to take a little break. And then we're going to talk more about challenging your sexual boundaries. We'll be right back. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communications specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Living Sexuality Show and uh, in gratitude to Sibian Company for generously uh, supporting my endeavors in the sexuality field. Yes, excellent. Yes. So we're talking about sexual boundaries today and and challenging challenging them. But first we have to kind of know 
what they are with ourself. And so, you know, as you start to do your self-inquiry, and we know that uh, probably the biggest group that challenges boundaries is teenagers, right? Toddlers and teenagers seem to be the biggest boundary pushers. But they're they're pushing because their boundaries have been instilled by somebody else. And once we become an adult, the boundaries that we have are instilled by, obviously there's some <clears throat> by society, you know, the rules and regulations, but, but they're really, now, now we're in charge of whether we still have boundaries or not. And nobody else really should have a say about your personal sexual boundaries or your personal space boundaries. That is, that is your prerogative and your right to have them. So, but it's important to be able to examine them to know if they really are ones that you would still like to hold on to as a grown-up without having to worry about the, your parents' influence or your church's influence or society's influence. So how do you start to understand this? Well, I think it's an evolution. I, I think that when the, you start off as a teenager, you, you know very little, but you have great urges based on biology to, to be sexual. And you're also not as aware of risk. You're, you're more of a risk taker. So it kind of thrusts you out there. And so we do try to have limits. But then as, as you evolve, then you can start creating your own limits. I think that's kind of paraphrasing what you were, what you were saying. But I don't think there's a time when you kind of go, oh, you know, it's time to challenge my sexual boundaries. I mean, that's a personal choice. Some people are very comfortable and if their life is going well, may not feel the need or the urges. But you do talk to a lot of people who complain of boredom mm-hmm. and and it becomes even more of a problem when it's a, in a relationship and it's a, a mismatch of uh, sexual energy. So I think exploring your sexual boundaries keeps your sexual energy a little bit more alive. And as a partner, if you you're, have this person, this amazing person that you've married or you, you're with, uh, you, you've committed to uh, in one way, shape, or form, what's more important than trying to get to know them better and better and better, who they are and who they want to be and how they want to be without judgment? So you have to be able to reveal back to them the same. So you need to know yourself better yeah you need to know who you are to be able to reveal otherwise they're not getting the real picture true and a lot of um a lot of what we experience i think with our with our boundaries is is based on fear and and uh judgments that we've that we've kind of uh, bought into i call it dogma Mm -hmm. You know, where, where it's somebody else's judgments and fears that have been uh, thrust upon us. And so we hold those. And I think back uh, when I was a teenager, you know, the with sex, uh, PV sex or penis vagina sex didn't seem as personal or as intimate as oral sex. And so we had, there was kind of a, 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 a cultural order of when you did what first, you know, how, how, how you progressed. And now it's kind of reversed, whereas anal sex and oral sex seem to be less of a boundary and PV sex to, seems to be more of a boundary. Now, there's some culturally. ironies there where the, 
the virginity issue and and are you still a virgin if you've had oral sex? Um, well, and and we need to those. stop using that word virginity anyway. It's a it's a mythologic creature. Well, but I think that I think that that <clears throat> shift in order is probably a result of still still showing that pressure of the virginity right. issues. Right. Uh, although some may be more practical in terms of pregnancy, but not STIs. Got to cover up to avoid those STIs. Got to. Got to. Yep. So, so when you start to examine your own your own boundaries about what you what you are comfortable doing, what you're comfortable having done, um, I know a lot of women who still are very uncomfortable. They still have a very strong boundary about self pleasure, and they just don't feel comfortable self pleasuring. And when they start to examine it, a lot of it goes back to being shamed as a child for touching themselves in their genital area and liking it and feeling embarrassed and ashamed because it felt good. Somebody caught them, you know, think think about the fear of being caught um, is, is horrifying with self pleasure. And so that's, that creates kind of a, a boundary that they have. And then as grown women, they, have to really do some work to move through that if they want to know their their sex more intimately. Because my, my feeling is that self-pleasure is really the key to couple pleasure. Well, it certainly is a safe place to explore your own uh, boundaries and your own um, beliefs. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the, the original or the earliest belief is just whether or not you have the right to enjoy pleasure. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things in our society that shows us that if we if we have too much pleasure, that's that's bad. And that pleasure, is hedonistic, right? Pleasure pleasure does in some ways create a recklessness, whereas uh, you know the opposite, you know, uh, fear and and you know, you know creates a caution kind of thing. So um, there there are the more aware and the more conscious and logical you are about it, the more you can pursue it safely and I think that we're here let's have fun let's be conscious about it so we can do it safely yes and ladies you know just on a little side note if you if you understand our the clitoris um, and the, the magnificence of that part of our anatomy and the sole purpose of it is pleasure that hopefully will give you some insight into you know how how your body was designed to really enjoy this experience of sexuality you know if if it were torture uh, we would have died off a long, long time ago right well i think that's the biology of it you know that uh, that there's there's that innate desire that isn't understandable and then as humans we feel like we need to control it and then we start creating a lot of a lot of uh, rules and regulations regarding it and those rules and regulations change as time goes on Mm -hmm. and i you know i firmly believe that in europe a lot of the stis did um, shape sexuality but you know that's it's a different era now Uh, we have different types of medicines to and more knowledge maybe not so much to cure but know how to avoid a lot of times they weren't connecting the dots with syphilis and going crazy in a in a a real knowledgeable way now we know 
you know, don't don't have untreated syphilis, you'll go a little bit crazy. One of the things that I learned from the women in China was that before about it was about it's only been about twenty years that they've even uh, questioned their happiness. And before that, they were so repressed and so in survival mode that that was all they could think about was, did they have enough food for their kids? Did they, did, could they get through the day? Did they have shelter and food? And so then when their, their culture started to change and they started becoming more comfortable with having the basic needs met, then they started asking the more questions about pleasure and their rights to sexuality and that sort of thing. Well, leisure time is definitely important for things that are, that are, um, what we would call rewards of life. And I think we believe, we believe that pleasure is a reward of life. Um, I, I like also the, the concept that the fear of experiencing too much pleasure. And I think that we believe that these societal rules are so important to us that we feel like our, our lives might fall apart if we got rid of them all and kind of reconstructed our, our belief system. <laughs> and there's... You know, you have to go back to the the person you are internally, and have confidence that that you will come up with something that's very moral and 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 excellent for you, uh, free of all of those other other inhibitions. But you do need some leisure time to explore these things. It's interesting that you use the word moral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I I think that you know, I mean, there's human needs and. Pleasure is one, but it's also sleep and food and feeling productive and, you know, creative and those kind of things. So I think when we when we make that assumption that, well, if I was just going to accept all the pleasure, I'd never get anything else done. And, you know, chances are, unless you have OCD, that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> I mean, because life, life just challenge. And there's only so much time you can spend being sexual, right? There is there is a. I'm a just smiling bit of a at you, dear. <laughs> I think there's some contradictory <laughs> statements in there. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> squirming in my chair here. Read, read between the lines on that one, but <laughs> but I think there is a fear of shedding these values and taking time to create your own values. Um, but it, it it doesn't work that way. You've got that internal guide that will help you yeah and you and we, but sadly we still do live in a culture of slut shaming and and man whore shaming you know the the when i was talking to the teenagers the other day the they, they said oh you know we have a term for guys we call them man whores and i said i said is that a compliment or an insult <laughs> he just laughed he goes i don't know <laughs> it's you know it said so, well well, you know, are you congratulating him or condemning him? You know, you have to really look at when we use these words. Are we trying to support somebody's journey or are we trying to change their journey? So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about whose right is it to change boundaries, to push boundaries, and how we can start to have those conversations in our relationships. Nice little segue, huh? All right, and a nice another shout out to Sibian for being uh, right in the forefront of creating meaningful change in the world. We're going to take a break. Conscious Living Sexuality Show. We'll be right back. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. 
Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure, personalized. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Stay tuned in and turned on to a sexual evolution here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. Conscious Living Sexuality. Here we are, babe, having another Tuesday talk. I, I like how all of your concepts come together, dear. I mean, being conscious, being conscious as you move through the world, being uh, willing to understand how to explore boundaries safely, to not fear all of the rules and societal judgments that have been thrust on us for our own good initially, but then times change and and it's time to evolve uh, more internally so that you have created your own boundaries. I, I think those are stronger boundaries. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so I think that's the pathway that we all take when we internalize our own awareness and that's that consciousness. So it all comes together. So, you know, what a better way than to test the edges is with sexuality yeah it's fun but you have to be conscious and with with sexuality comes just an intimate connection with yourself and others you know i mean that that is a very personal space that we go into and we want to make sure number one that we feel safe to explore those boundaries and one of the things that i want to be clear about is that boundaries really are, at, as an adult, they're self-imposed. They're, you know, we, we are in charge of, of whether we have a boundary or not. And when we have one and, we've, and we own it, it's nobody else's right to command, demand, or ask us to change it. They can invite conversation, but we certainly don't want to shame people because they have a boundary. You know, it's, that's no different than shaming somebody because they don't have one. It's, it's really for the person to have that, to feel safe and whole and to live their life on their terms. We all want to live authentically. And perhaps that whoever that person is, the boundary they have at this given time allows them the space to live authentically. That is their authentic self. 
Well, that certainly is a way that they feel safe and, and can move through the world confidently. Right. Exactly. And ironically, the more safe we feel and the more uh, protected we feel from the shame and the judgment, the easier it is to perhaps tease with letting go of some of the boundaries, tease with pushing our own personal boundaries within our own safety limitations. If we have a partner that will walk that with us and respect that, or we feel comfortable doing that ourselves. There there are ways to influence boundaries, especially within a relationship, without demanding a change. And again, that's one of the big questions you have. How do I get my partner to? Yeah. Is is a big question in your in your relationship counseling. And I think that the best way to move through those types of challenges is for both parties to be aware of the other's boundaries and how they're changing and evolving. And that's exactly what happens in the Oasis. Boundaries shouldn't be debated. No, they're they really not up for debate. They're not up for debate. No. So, but they can change. And so it's okay to reveal changes and take time on a regular basis to let your partner know how you're evolving and how you're changing. Now, sometimes consistency is a comfort zone too. So rapid change can throw some people off. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you want to know where your partner stands. And so you want them to reveal uh, what their internal thoughts, yeah. their, internal, their, their internal passions and things that are motivating them. So you have to be receptive, but don't debate them. And, and honestly, that, that is the biggest question I get, mostly from men uh, wanting to know how to change their partner, how to get my partner to, you know, have a threesome, how to get my partner to. And and, and I, I, I say, well, have they expressed a desire to push that boundary? And they go, no, they, they're adamant that they don't want to do that. But I think that they really do. <laughs> and I just say, well, you can't know better for them than they know for themselves. That's that's in that's an inappropriate use of your relationship. But just revealing, you know, that, that that's something that the other person is interested in at some other point in time, that person might say, hmm, and have a curiosity and then realize that in the past their partner had, had that curiosity and be less inhibited about revealing it. So I think that those exchanges create the future discussions that you might have by letting them know where you've been and what you're thinking about and what you're doing. Yeah. And I think even in a long-term relationship, couples are still a little nervous if they don't if they haven't learned the oasis process, they're still a little nervous to share a fantasy or a boundary that they want to push. Um, they're, you know, we're always a little afraid of judgment or rejection or being laughed at or or or, you know, disgusted with, or all those things that we wrap up, that we try to wrap our heads around about our own, about our own boundaries, and a lot of how we viewed other people's over through our lives. Well, there should be, within the Oasis, there should be some excitement as the other person's revealing uh, something that you're not interested in, because eventually, there will be some common ground. Right. And usually, it's, it's, down the road, not right away. So you do have to have some patience. You do have to have some restraint. And I think that boundaries and restraint, that's another another topic in and itself. Um, you know, we have to have restraint because of consent. Mm-hmm. We have to have restraint. But we also want to move forward and, and meet our own pleasure. And so those things seem, at some point seem 
to conflict with each other, but actually they actually merge and start to become a, an excellent tool, a reveal, restraint, and eventual convergence <laughs> uh, convergence on, on things that you're interested in. Exactly. And that's that's the spice of life. So here's a, here's a little um, tactic that uh, my friend Dr. Ava Cadell actually shared with me yesterday that I think is a brilliant idea and way to get the conversation started and also to do some self-reflection is to take get three or four boxes, four boxes or bags, and three by five note cards. And on each card, write out a boundary. And in one box, you're going to put your physical boundaries. For example, if you don't like to shake hands or, or kissing on the lips by strangers or you don't, you know, people, you, you have an 18-inch space or whatever you think your, your, your personal boundaries are, the, you, you write those down individually and you put them in the, in the physical boundary box. And then you write down your emotional boundaries because we all have emotional boundaries. Maybe maybe the holidays are a really sensitive time for you. And so you say, you know, the holidays are a tough time for me. I, I need to laugh more that, you know, don't, don't bring up my issues with my parents, you know, at the holidays. That might be an emotional boundary. And then you put in your sexual boundaries, you know, that m- maybe anal is off the table or you don't, you know, you absolutely don't want to have a threesome or, or you know, whatever your, your sexual boundaries are, you put those in. And then the fourth one, you put in a few of your boundaries that you've discovered as you've been doing this process that maybe you wouldn't mind discussing or pushing that are, that are negotiable. And you put those in the, the, for, the fourth box. So then when you create your oasis and you each have these boxes... And when you create when you create your oasis, you pull out one of your of your boxes and you pull out a card and you read it to the other person. So you're revealing your boundary. And the other person just simply says, thank you for sharing that with me. You never, ever want to say, why do you have that boundary? <laughs> why would you feel that way? Because the why question always carries a harsh judgment with it. So be very careful about using that. But this may open up the conversation. Well, I think it's a good way to practice the oasis. I I think that, uh, you know, it, you have to start gentle and move move forward, and it creates a little bit of spice and a little bit of orneriness, perhaps, depending on what you put in there. But I don't think that those questions can linger too long because, again, you're evolving. You might be going, oh, I want to get that one out of there. I put that one in there. I don't want to draw that one out. I want to <laughs> – where is it? I want to erase number four. That's no longer true. Um, well, and I think that's, that's actually pretty brilliant. You know, you, you put them in there, and then you come back, and you, and you pull it out, and you go, wow, I remember when I had this boundary, but, boy, I pushed right through that one. And, and then maybe you would share what it felt like to – push through that boundary and, and what you're what you were afraid of. So it's all about revealing more about your process and what what triggers you to want to change, what triggers you to stay the same. We, we just we just, it's just about learning about ourselves and then revealing that in that intimate space of the oasis to our partner. So they get a little snippet of our inner process. I think that's really brilliantly designed 
to enhance the most important thing I think in the world, and that is our intimate connections. Plus, it's a safe zone, right? You're not going to be as afraid of being judged if you've set up that oasis. I, I think that's the critical part. And and I think that the real practice of the oasis can begin individually when you're talking to yourself. You know, you don't want to be judgmental of your own thoughts. They're just thoughts. And and you can sort through them and, and do the right thing for you. And uh, you shouldn't fear that um, as an adult. When you're more impulsive as a child, you know, that's where those are boundaries are created artificially by adults and society to keep things keep you safe but uh, there we go we're repeating ourselves a little bit there. yeah well and in the, in the last segment um, I want to talk a little bit about how to turn uh, boundaries into fantasies so that you can explore the boundary in fantasy and test tested in that way and what that means and what that looks like to a relationship and what maybe uh, holds people back from doing that. So that'll be in our final segment. And remember, if you have any questions or comments about any of these shows or the topics that we've covered, I'm open to your emails. I will answer everyone. So email drnancydrnancy at drnsp.com. And if you have a question directed to Mark, I will definitely field it his way because, you know, Men and women do see the world differently, and we process things differently. So if you need a man's perspective, Mark's always here and available to share that with you. He's quite the quite the thinker. <laughs> so, all right, well, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to keep it, keep it going, a little hot and spicy here, right? Absolutely, dear. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the Sibian, huh? Yes. Okay. A shout out to Sibian for helping us challenge our sexual boundaries. Yeah. All right. Here's to, here's to challenging our sexual boundaries. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communications specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, articles, and videos. And keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter. All on thesexylifestyle.com. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. 
To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Conscious Living Sexuality Show. And Mark and I are talking about challenging your sexual boundaries today. And now we're going to move into a segment talking about fantasy. How does that help you challenge your sexual boundaries? Well, a lot of times our boundaries are things that we think about doing, but we're afraid to do. We're afraid to explore. And so, but we're generally when we have a boundary, we think about it probably more than we're, we're really going to admit to. You know, we, we think about it and we, and, we, and we notice how we feel when we think about it. We might feel a little fear. We might feel butterflies. We might feel nervous. We might feel grossed out, whatever. whatever. But there's a, we have a visceral reaction when we think about pushing our own boundaries. And sometimes that, that reaction might be a little bit of an excitement, but then the fear crops right back up or the self-judgment and shame comes up. So when we start to explore these things, one of the ways to kind of play them out is to bring them, the ones that are a little bit tantalizing to you, bring them into your fantasy life. Now, fantasies are tricky for people because I've met many couples who will not uh, divulge their fantasy to their partner because of their fear of expectation that they do it in reality. Well, is it is it that first step? I mean, I think that's a great question because I think that perhaps could be. I think that needs to be discussed in the Oasis and that that in the in these little uh, boundary boxes that I'm in encouraging couples to create. I think that in the pushing the boundary box, that would should be part of the discussion. I'm willing to push this boundary in fantasy only for right now and and be set that set that boundary so that the other person knows that they have consent to play with in that fantasy realm with you but that they're not going to impart their expectation that you now make it a reality because i think that's what we're afraid of is other people's expectations of us well and if uh, a fantasy is tried and and is not pleasing to one of the participants then move on to the next fantasy and the other person who may have enjoyed it has to be confident that there'll be another fantasy that'll be good and 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 move on and not not get stuck with a favorite that their partner doesn't like right you know? but there are fantasies that you can come up with that are not threatening i mean the 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 well what fantasy list. is threat really threatening well, because it might be the first step to moving on. If you're having a fantasy of a threesome and you're one person's thinking, oh, you know, this is the first step towards having a threesome. I have no interest in having a threesome. There, I don't want to have that fantasy of a threesome. That's, we just, that's just another. But there are fantasies that don't have to have uh, that type of threat. And it's important for us to remember that when we reveal a fantasy or a boundary, that the other person's expectation of what we do with that is irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant. It doesn't, it doesn't even belong in that conversation because we're doing a reveal. 
And that's why in the Oasis, the only response you get is, thank you for sharing that with me, because you want a place that you can plant it. Maybe later you'll have a discussion about it, but you've got to first feel safe to plant it and be feel heard and get it out there and then process it together later. I but, but if I share a fantasy with you and I and I say to you, I this really is important to me that we just keep this as a fantasy, then if you start pressuring me to bring it into reality, I'm going to withhold my other fantasies from you. So I think that's really critical when we do that dance with each other, that when a person says they, they've consented to sharing the, it as a fantasy but not as a reality, don't keep pushing the reality because you're going to stop the fantasies. Right. And, and even more importantly, why not start off with fantasies that are a little bit easier that don't even have that consequence? They might not be as exciting. well that's a reveal (laughs) (laughs) they might be boring oh I'd like to fantasy of you know having having Uh two pieces of chocolate cake (laughs) I mean you know I mean I think the the whole point of having a fantasy is that they that they get our juices flowing maybe they get our heart racing a little bit they're something that we haven't done or that we've maybe done once and never did wanted to do again but don't mind thinking about it because it's so intriguing i mean there's a lot of things in this world that are incredibly tantalizing and sexually exhilarating but aren't necessarily things we'd want to actually do physically can you think of any oh absolutely (laughs) okay you've you've told me for sure that sex on the beach is not a good fantasy no it's not a good reality no it could be sand in the wrong places it could be a fun fantasy but rubs you the wrong way (laughs) i think i think that that type of fantasy can be much less threatening than some other fantasies and don't start off with with the hardest ones a threesome as an initial fantasy would be would perhaps have more boundaries you know, I mean that's an edge that's a big edge mm-hmm. whereas you know um, being being provocative in a in a um, in a public place or the mile high club or the or going know, to a nude beach or going to a new beach yeah. as fantasies mm-hmm. and asking yourself oh that would be kind of fun but I really don't want to go to a new beach and meet my neighbor you know so <laughs> so I'll just keep this as a fantasy and if that's intriguing and, and tantalizing that's what you're you're after, and those are not threatening fantasies. They're 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 uh, baby fantasies, kind of so to speak. Well, we think they're baby fantasies, but for the person that's having it, I mean, I I, I can tell you, there's a lot of people that, I, and people that are very close to me that the idea of going to a nude beach scares the hell out of them. I mean, that's a huge leap for them. And so that even having that as a fantasy gives them gives them kind of the heebie-jeebies. So. Well, I think that you've met people that just don't allow themselves to have fantasies at all. Yes, and I have. And so I think that this is really geared towards allowing people to know that, that if they pursue this consciously with the Oasis, with their partner, they can enjoy fantasies that are not threatening to their relationship. Yeah. And perhaps spice up their life a little bit. Yeah. And when you reveal these, these what we might call the shadow areas of the mind, um, it and your partner ex- is accepting of you with the, those shadows, and you're accepting of them with the shadows, man, oh, man, does that deepen trust. And 
and a feeling of safety and a feeling of really being valued and loved for who you really are, not who you might have portrayed yourself to be otherwise. You know, the outside world may not know all those little dark shadows of your of your consciousness, but this one person does and they still love you. That's pretty huge in the world of relationships and intimacy. And you, you know, you said to me a long time ago that I'll never forget, and I've quoted a thousand times, when I asked you to guide me, what's your opinion, what should I do about something? And you just stopped and said, you know, if I tell you what to do or what I would do or what I think you should do, and you do that, then I won't know who you really are. I won't get to find out what you really want and what makes you tick. And that's the person I'm interested in knowing, not the version of you I might be able to create. So I think that's really critical in our intimate relationships. One of the biggest things that human beings need is to feel known and to feel heard. And so if somebody really knows you and hears you and loves you in included with all of that uh that's that's deep and yeah, that's, that's valuable that's that's the journey in and uh, that everyone should be pursuing yeah and it starts with yourself and yes then it branches out to your intimate partner and then it branches out to friends and family and um, it's exploring the world And if you have some fantasies or some boundaries that you want to discuss, but you just can't get the words out, another great tool is to get puppets, really funny puppets, and have a puppet show with each other and put the puppet on and make the puppet talk and, you know, or put a mask on or create a confessional. Uh, You can do all kinds of creative things that give you a little humor, but a space where you can reveal and and laugh through it because I, I like to you know you start a sentence and then the other person adds a sentence and then you add a sentence the, er, the erotic person. stories the yeah stories uh, sometimes they can turn out pretty good yeah sometimes they're a waste of time but that's the adventure and uh, you get it you get you reveal unintentionally on the edges as you try to come up with something quickly yes. You know. Yeah. And it's all fun and play, so you don't have to get too serious about it. Well, for people that want to know how to do all this stuff, they just need to reach out to me because I'm going to be creating some uh, intimacy retreats. And, you know, this is my passion to help other couples find their passion. And, you know, it's it's a really beautiful journey. I, I think the main reason human beings are on this planet in this life is to learn about relationships and to learn about themselves through their relationship with others. And we learn so much uh, about love and compassion and forgiveness and all of those important, valuable tools of being human. So learning how to take that intimacy to a new level in your in your uh, primary relationship and your loves, you know, your sexy relationship uh, changes your life, really does change the depth and value of your feeling about your life. Yeah, I think you should um, start posting some of those uh, dates that you're thinking about holding an intimacy retreat. They're, they're kind of, they're intimate, so it's kind of limited to four or five couples. Right. And, and uh, the couple dynamic helps as, as well, but it really is a retreat to support the intimacy of a couple. Yes. 
Yes, and there's no, I mean, it's all these boundaries that I talk about and all these issues around respect and consent, all of those are fundamental foundations to my retreats. What a better way to practice the Oasis. Yes. Well, another great show, dear. Thank you, babe. All right, so next week we'll be back with another sexy topic for you. And in the meantime, love hard, laugh more, and kiss longer. All right, let's talk about that reveal. (laughs) Yeah, namaste. (laughs) Namaste. Hey, sexy people, if you're ready to start your sexual evolution, we've got some amazing prizes to give away. Some of the great prizes include Womanizer, the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to the sexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like. Thank you for joining us this week for The Conscious Living Show. Be sure to join Dr. Nancy, Dr. Mark, and their guests next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Have a healthy, sexy week in every way. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. 
Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throws of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.